0: You're listening to the best of A Place of Peace.
1: Hello, everyone. Peggy Stanton here. As we continue to rebroadcast some of our best programs from eight years of Power from the Pews and A Place of Peace, I'm always drawn to one of our most interesting and enlightening guests, professor, author, speaker, podcaster, and one of the world's leading mariologists, Dr. Mark Maravalli. Dr. Maravalli, who teaches at both Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, and Ave Maria University in Florida, made a very prophetic statement concerning the apparitions in Medjugorje in an interview with me several years ago. His words were affirmed this past June on the 40th anniversary of Mary's first apparition there. By no less than Pope Francis' personal representative to Medjugorje, the late Archbishop Heinrich Hoser. The Archbishop declared that the Church had de facto recognized Medjugorje, quite a huge statement. Today we are replaying Dr. Maravalli's insights on a number of Marian apparitions. And his prophetic statement on Medjugorje in particular. Our conversation took place at Franciscan University. This week, A Place of Peace is rebroadcasting an interview that I did with renowned Mariologist Dr. Mark Maravalli, who explains the relevance of several more recent apparitions and why he believes that while the Vatican has not formally approved the apparitions in Medjugorje, Pope Francis has done so indirectly. Dr. Maravalli holds the John Paul II Mariology Chair here at Franciscan University and also teaches at Ave Maria University in Florida where he is a Fellow of Marian Studies. Our discussion today will center on two lesser known but extremely important apparitions of Our Lady. The first took place in Amsterdam and the second in Akita, Japan. And finally, we'll talk about some very surprising news that involved Pope Francis and Medjugorje. Before we began our conversation, however, I ask Dr. Miravalli
0: to lead us in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for all the blessings, the spiritual and material blessings you shower your children. We ask you to send the Holy Spirit that through our efforts on this program, we may have a greater love and knowledge of her who is the daughter of the Father, the mother of the Son, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and our own Blessed Mother Mary. As we pray, Hail Mary, full Full of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our our death.
0: Amen. Good Saint Joseph,
1: Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Thank you very much, Doctor. Beautiful prayer. prayer. All right.
0: Now tell us about Amsterdam and, and tell us about Akita. Well, Peggy, there's a fascinating connection between Fatima in nineteen seventeen. Twenty years later we have Amsterdam in nineteen forty five. And then twenty eight years later we have Akita, Japan. Yeah. Now the Amsterdam apparitions are from nineteen forty five to nineteen fifty nine and they were approved as being of a supernatural character by the Bishop of Amsterdam in 2002. And you can almost separate the apparitions into two sections. The first section are a series of prophecies Mm -hmm. that Our Lady gives this Dutch woman, Edith Pertiman, prophecies that later members of the CIA would say that this little lady knew more about the future than the combined knowledge of the CIA and the Russian KGB. Really? So it's the extraordinary. I must tell that to my brother who was a CIA yeah. agent. Okay. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> He'll never believe yeah, me. Our Lady he enters means. all the names. Yeah.
0: So what were some of these prophecies? So, for example, in 1945, Our Lady predicted the reunification of Israel. She foresaw a red flag flying over China and Great Britain bloodshed ensuing. Mm. In nineteen forty nine the visionary had a vision of Korea with a line through it and Our Lady indicating that this would cause much danger at Mm. the time, but also in the future. I e North Korea. Right, yeah. A great series of these prophecies in nineteen forty seven there was an image of Cairo with flags colliding and Our Lady also made reference of Great Turkey. What is that symbolic countries in conflict and okay. as a result of what happened right. in the Arab Spring, we've sure. uh, yeah. had more instability in the right. Middle East than in mm-hmm. any other time in the last 300 years. So, why so many political prophecies?
1: Yes, you call them geopolitical prophecies. I've never heard that term oh, right. Well, Because
0: they have to do with major land changes, right? Yeah, major, yeah. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. Middle East situation. And the answer is because it gives credibility to the message. And Our Lady's single request at Amsterdam was that the Holy Father would proclaim a dogma that she is the spiritual mother of all peoples under its three critical dimensions. Number one is co-redemptress, as the mother who suffered with Jesus mm-hmm. in the work of redemption. Number two is a mediatrix of all graces, that we receive all of our graces from Jesus through Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And number three is advocate, that she is our intercessor and our protector. Now she would be so bold as to say that only when this dogma is proclaimed by the Pope will she then be able to intercede for true peace for the world?
1: Here's an objection I can hear somebody coming up with saying, well, she's supposed to be so humble. Why couldn't she do all those things without being proclaimed? Right,
0: because it's not about her, it's about us. We We would take her more seriously? Well, but we would also exercise our freedom. It's a great line of St. Augustine, that God creates us without us, but he can't save us without us. I love that. So as one author said... Mary's waiting for our fiat to be able to intercede for the graces of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, the graces she promised to Fatima. Mm-hmm. And we have an example of this also scripturally when yeah. Jesus asked the apostles, Who do you say that I am? Yeah. Well, Jesus knew who he was. There was yeah, no right. identity crisis. Right? <laughs> yeah, thought, yeah. He wanted to hear it from them so that as a result, Peter becomes the first pope, we right. have the office of the papacy, right. and all the fruits and graces of the church. So, the point is, heaven wants us to proclaim the truth. And it's very clear that Our Lady wants this truth about her role as our spiritual mother to be proclaimed worldwide. I mean, can you imagine, Peggy, seeing on Fox News and CNN and NBC and BBC, Pope declares Mary mother of all peoples. I mean, that, that social media would have to cover it's truth yeah, yeah, that Mary is truly the spiritual mother of all peoples. Yeah. So there's profoundly appropriate reasons why Our Lady would ask us to do it, but she does not force the grace upon us.
1: But then from Amsterdam we get this, she's called Our Lady of All Nations, but she wants to be proclaimed Mother of All Peoples?
0: In the Dutch, it's a great question, yeah. in the Dutch they're almost synonymous. There's a Dutch word for woman or lady It's very hard to translate. But the Bishop of Amsterdam says the best translation of the title Lady of All Nations is actually Mother of All Peoples. That's the best translation. Because it's not just nations. It's every individual. Yeah, right. Aborigines. Exactly. Exactly. Every child of God is Mary's child as well. Yeah. So Mother of All Peoples is really... Seems more complete. It is indeed more complete. And of course, this is already the teachings of the Church. But Heaven wants it proclaimed. So much so that she has repeatedly said it's a condition, a condition for world peace. God will never force grace on us. We have to give our lady our consent. That's what this dogma would be saying. We say we want the full power of your intercession right now to prevent from degeneration, disaster and war, which is part of the prayer yeah. that comes out of the Lady of All Nations. But that's also the headlines of today, right? right. Moral breakdown. Yeah. Natural yeah. disasters like right. never before. Yeah. And the threat of war. So this is classic, this is quintessential Mary asking us to receive the graces that she alone can bring to the world. It's something that God has given her as a task for humanity.
1: She wants that title, Mother of All Peoples, or what about mediatrix or co-mediatrix? Well, are they aligned? Or well, what, that's that a that? great
0: question as well. We all had one mother, right? But our one mother, mm-hmm. A, suffered for us, yeah. B, nourished us, yep. C, protected us. Right? Right. But we didn't have three mothers. So, too, with Our Lady. She is the mother of all peoples who does three things. Number one, she is the co redemptrix. She suffered for us with and under Jesus like no one else. Mm. That's why John Paul said she was spiritually crucified at Calvary as yeah, the co redemptrix. I picked right up on that when you
1: said that this morning. She yeah. is spiritually crucified. And number two,
0: she's the mother that brings us the grace of Jesus. She's the mediatrix. Number three, she's the advocate. So, it's these three roles and titles under the umbrella of mother of all peoples. She specifically is asking that that would be the dogma but the dogma would include those three specific titles because Peggy her titles are not ivory tower it's not like a month's senior title for a yeah, priest yeah. it's her role for the church mm-hmm. to acknowledge her as co-redemptrix means she can act as the co-redemptrix you know which will lead us to the next apparition in Aki to Japan yeah. uh, as well
1: just just for one side co-redemptrix people have a problem with it yep. don't they yep. because they think that the Redeemer is Jesus. So if you say co-redemptrix, you're saying Mary's practically on the cross with him, which is what you're saying. He, in a sense, she was spiritually crucified. Right, but,
0: but as you say, a key distinction. To say that Mary is in any way equal to Jesus is both blasphemy yeah. and heresy. But, but notice, doesn't
1: it sound that way when you well, say co-redemptrix?
0: It does in English, but we have things... It's a rather English problem, quite frankly. But we have things like a star of a movie, then you have a co-star. We have a pilot, but you have a co-pilot. And the co implies subordination. Uh, That's true. So, St. John Paul II, on three occasions, called all of us to be co-redeemers in Christ. And Pope Benedict, when he went to Fatima, Mm -hmm. he blessed the sick people with our Eucharistic Jesus and said, I want you to be Redeemers, small r, Mm -hmm. in the Redeemer, capital R.
1: That was such an interesting phrase. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that whole thing of Augustine. God creates us without us but he needs our free will he needs our consent yeah. that's why actually the co-redemptrix title is so powerful so beautiful Yeah, it's Mary completely agreeing to be an instrument of salvation for others okay. that's why Mother Teresa said of course she's the co-redemptrix yes she gave, mentioned uh, that. Yeah. She gave uh, the body to Jesus and the body of Jesus is what saves us mm-hmm. so it really can be very simple but any idea of co-meaning equal yes. must be Categorically rejected. That is that is blasphemy. Right. But we have in liturgy now, right? We're co heirs in Christ. Yeah. St. Paul calls us to be co workers yeah. with God. So the co are called, means called to
1: be divine. That still kind of jars me when I well,
0: hear it's, it. Right, it's participation, right? Yeah. It's, it's, the early church said that to live in grace is divinization, but you have to distinguish. Not by nature, we're not God by nature, but we participate in the life and love of the Trinity, that's what grace is. So we are called to participate in the redemption, not the redemption that happens once historically at Calvary. That's already done. That's mm-hmm. infinitely accomplished. Right. But today, our redemption today, Padre Pio has an incredible line saying, "The greatest tragedy is when we don't offer up our sufferings. Because we're wasting those. So we're wasting because the sufferings are anyway. Right. We could actually be participating." In the redemption of others. So. What's amazing is when
1: you do join a suffering and maybe even acute suffering, you join it to the cross, somehow it seems lessened. Exactly. you ever had that experience?
0: It's absolutely true. It's mitigated in the sense that we maybe know it's just a psychological, value. Yeah. I, I think there's a grace that comes with it too, Peggy. I think <laughs> yeah. when we do respond to you know, Colossians 1:24 yeah. to make up what is lacking in the yeah. sufferings of Christ. When we do it, our Lord graces us for doing it. And as John Paul said, no one did it like Mary. Right. No one participated in the mission of redemption like Our Lady. That's why he and Padre Pio and so many other saints and mystics call her the co redemption.
1: All right, I'm ta- I'm going to let you go to Japan now, <laughs> Doctor, and will you tell us about the appearance
0: in So we have church approved apparitions, which remarkably are not well known in the United States, although there is approved as the apparitions of Fatima. In 1973, a religious sister began receiving messages and phenomena from a statue of the Lady of All Nations. Does it look like that holy card? It does exactly. Mm -hmm. It looks like the holy card, but it's fascinating because another sister in the community believed that she had been miraculously healed through the intercession of the Lady of All Nations. And so she asked a Buddhist sculptor to sculpt in wood a statue of the Lady of All Nations. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the statue that would then weep on 101 one different occasion. occasions. Not 101 tears mind you, 101 different occasions through the next decade. And the bishop... Uh, I
1: wonder what the symbolism of that number 101... Everything God does has Well, symbolism. I'm glad that you asked that yeah.
0: because in fact it's told in the message that the angel of the visionary sister Agnes Tasagawa mentioned that the symbolism of the 101 is as follows. The first one indicates Eve, the zero indicates the eternity of God never ending, but the second one indicates Our Lady as the the new Eve Eve. in her role as the co redemptrix
1: For heaven's sake. That is beautiful. Isn't that amazing? So
0: the Akita message... Why did she cry then? She cries because she sees every abortion and every family breakdown and every harm and hurt that comes from same-sex marriage mm-hmm. and every Eucharistic sacrilege, yes. she's crying for humanity. And with that,
1: that kind of symbol, I mean with the symbolism of the one Eve and then the eternity is the zero. That's
0: correct. And, and the, the second, second one. one is the second Eve. But she's the new mother. Mm-hmm. And the new mother is going to cry and weep and suffer when her children are suffering. And that's humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. What is this phenomenon we've experienced of of so many weeping statues? But to identify uh, the sufferings of Our Lady, which are ongoing mystically, because as long as a child is suffering, a mother will also be suffering. Mm -hmm. But it's a powerful message, and on October 13th of 1973, on the anniversary of the solar miracle of Fatima, uh, Our Lady gives a very strong message, talks about a great global chastisement, compares it to the flood. Ooh. Talks about upcoming difficulties within the church about cardinal versus cardinal, bishop versus wow. bishop, which of course we're seeing now, right, in, in certain yeah. uh, in wow. ways like never before, at least never. publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a continuation of the call for the Fifth Marian dogma, because that's the remedy, that's what Our Lady says at Amsterdam. And, and the fact, again, that you don't have a new title at Akita. Yeah, uh, she's the yeah. lady of all nations at Akita. Mm-hmm. That is why Bishop, Bishop John Ito, who mm-hmm. approved Akita, said that very specifically. And he twice visited pilgrimage to Amsterdam mm-hmm. uh, when he said that Akita is the continuation of Amsterdam. And that has to mean the call for the fifth Marian dogma as well.
1: All right. Now that moves us to the still not approved apparition of Medjugorje, mm-hmm. which comes after Akita. You have been, and and you have such great respect for your great knowledge of Mariology, but you personally do believe, as do I, in the apparitions in Medjugorje, and I believe in it because it personally changed my life. I and have, I was a practicing Catholic, but right?
0: I, yeah, yeah, right. I have no personal doubt. I will always be a faithful son of the right, Church. Right. And so am kind of I. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm. I uh, feel the same way. Right. Uh, At the same time the church has never prohibited devotion to Medjugorje. There's a big difference between a church approval Mm -hmm. and a prohibition. Right. As Father Laurenton, a very famous Mariologist, said, if people didn't start coming to Fatima, the church would have never gotten involved. And so it's actually a support when the people come out of faith while at the same time always leaving the final definitive judgment to the Church. Mm-hmm. So I have no personal doubt of the authenticity of Medjugorje. Uh, I did my doctoral dissertation on the message of Medjugorje at the Angelicum in Rome wow. for my sacred theological doctrine. And I, I think it's fascinating and, and beautiful what Pope Francis has recently done, yes. because it's yes. the first time a pope has granted official pilgrimage status to an apparition which is not yet approved. Yeah. It's it almost like seems contradictory yeah, right, The cart before the horse of yeah, sorts yeah. but I think there were pastoral reasons why he perhaps waited on making a full statement but in fact when the church in fact when the vicar of Christ comes out and says that official diocesan pilgrimages and parish pilgrimages can't happen that is clearly an implicit form of approval it does not anticipate definitively the final mm-hmm. judgment mm-hmm. of authenticity but go G.K. Chesterton for a moment let's flip it on its head can you imagine the Pope saying, I allow official pilgrimages to a place I don't think is authentic? Yeah, right. That certainly that, doesn't follow, right? That
1: does not follow.
0: So, and the Pope's personal representative there, Archbishop Hoser, has been extraordinarily positive He's about given nothing but rave reviews. Well, he said that basically Medjugorje has the capacity to lead to the spiritual renewal of the entire world, but it is certainly the spiritual center of Europe. And, and
1: the, didn't he call it the confessional of the world? I, I never well. saw people go into confession like they did in Medjugorje.
0: That's exactly true, which is one of the, one of the best signs. So the, the church always looks at three things, Peggy. Mm-hmm. The message, the phenomena, and the fruits. fruits. And on all three of those levels, Medjugorje hits grand slams. I believe it's a profound gift through the Queen of Peace to the church and the world today. And I think the fruits we speak it. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, if you leave the fruits aside, I have issues. And my my only response to that is, well, you've just, quote, left aside the only criterion that Jesus directly gave, gave. which is that you judge a tree by By its its fruits. fruits. So you you don't want to even enter in that direction. You want Mm -hmm. to say, what are the fruits? And after 50 million people and people like Cardinal Schonborn saying my seminary would be empty without Medjugorje, and these incredible statements by Archbishop Hoser saying it's the spiritual lungs of Europe, there's very good reason to be open to the graces that come through Medjugorje.
1: Maybe the source today of most religious vocations, I, I've run into, mm-hmm. you know, so many priests and nuns who say they, you know, got their vocations there. That's so.
0: absolutely true. There's been 300 bishops who have privately pilgrimaged to Medjugorje. Yeah. But now, you know, the numbers are extraordinary. I just spent some time doing some programs, television programs in Italy, and the official diocesan pilgrimages to Medjugorje are ubiquitous all over. It it will be gloriously swarmed by Italian children. (laughs) I know, Italian. And the Irish. And the the Irish as well. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, I I think this is an occasion to be reverent and grateful to Mary, who at Medjugorje is acting as co redemptrix mediatrics, advocate. That's what it means to activate these titles. She's doing it in Medjugorje, dynamically, historically, exponentially, bringing us grace, forming us, protecting us, and continuing to suffer with us on the journey because that's what a good mother does. So she is a profoundly co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate in her expressions of love and peace in Medjugorje.
1: It's there that I learned to really appreciate Eucharistic adoration, yeah. which I, you know, I grew up as a Catholic in a very devout Catholic home, but I was not apostolic in any of my, you know, and I went faithfully to Sunday Mass and, and often to daily Mass, but it wasn't really sinking in. And I reluctantly went to Medjugorje to please somebody who wanted to go very badly. So I went, but I remember distinctly, you've been there, obviously, so Eucharistic adoration there is extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary.
0: It is ubiquitous. I mean, there's so many people adoring. The irony is, it's just extraordinary at at our home parishes wherever we can adore our Eucharistic No, I meant it
1: was extraordinary in the fact that the crowds... No, were, surely, I surely. Mean, the the quantity was... A, yeah. I said, it's the same Lord. Why are we... In fact, Bill Simon, do you remember? He was Secretary of the Treasury and ah, and, yes. and President of the Olympics and everything. Huh. And he went to please his son and, huh. and and asked me to arrange the pilgrimage. And this was after I had been pretty convinced that they were real. Huh. Anyway... We went to this Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and and it's 10 o'clock at night. I mean, where else in the world? The entire (laughs) church was filled an hour ahead of time. So I said to him, Bill, you know, it's the same Lord who's appearing in any other country in Europe or in the United States. What makes this so extraordinary? Why are we feeling the way we're feeling? And he said, great response. He said, you know... Anywhere else in the world, it's a ceremony. He Mm -hmm. said, but here, it's a
0: simple pouring out of love. Very beautiful Mm -hmm. But where do we get the grace to do that? We get the grace through the mother. She's the one who gives us that new appreciation of our Eucharistic Jesus. And certainly, the quantity of adoration and medjugal is truly, it's it's, it's the witness, right? It it touches. But we have the availability here. Oh, we have We've got to return it. I think. Peggy, like never before, there is a present and growing need for more Eucharistic Oh, well, I do too. Because as the externals could yes. perhaps, as some of these messages talk about, get more difficult, we need to get more peace from the heart. And, yep. and that happens before our Eucharistic Jesus. It's the adoration where, where he sunburns us with the grace right. and the peace and the healing. Just talk to a religious sister after the presentation here, Franciscan, before our interview, yep. someone who just needed deep healing. I said, are you spending any time before you Eucharistic Jesus? She said, no, but as you say that, I know that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I know that's the place I'm to be healed. And that's, that's where it is. And, and we all can use some healing. We can all certainly use greater peace. Because we can't control the outside, but we can assist the inside. And that comes to the adoration.
1: Well, you're so right when you say that, you know, Mary is acting as co redemptors there in Medjugorje, and I've spent a lot of time in, in the Order of Malta with, in Lourdes. I said to Archbishop Vigneron of Detroit when, in an interview, I said, you know, Mary surely knows how to package her son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's very much like... He, he laughed. Yeah, he he right. said, "That's her role." Isn't yeah, her? Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a quintessentially American expression of you know our, our wonderful pragmatism and action and, and and PR. But she was his first package too. Well, not only that, Saint John just to support you, Peggy. Yeah. Saint John Paul II says in Redemptoris Mater that Mary is the quote spokeswoman of her son's will, and that means she is. The first PR agent of our Lord, <laughs> yeah. and in the most incarnational way possible, I mean, yeah. she she gives the carne to the incarnation, right? She gives flesh to the Word, yeah. and she's continued to be focusing us back to Jesus for her whole life. Anyone who would put Mary on a level of equality, or anyone who would think of Mary as competing with Jesus, it would be hurting Our Lady, her immaculate heart, more than anyone else, because that defeats her whole purpose of being, mm-hmm. which is be the moon which yeah. reflects the light of the sun. And so this this idea of competition between Jesus mm-hmm. and Mary is really diabolical, quite frankly. It's really from hell. The idea that somehow you choose the Mary room or you choose the Jesus room. Mm-hmm. Well, Guadalupe tells us that it doesn't happen that way, right? Because mm-hmm. it was Our Lady who brought to Jesus the largest Catholic continent in the world called Latin America, yeah. right? And Jesus is the one at Calvary who gives us the mother. So. It's always the unity of the two hearts, not separation of the two hearts. St. John, you said you could literally say the single heart of Jesus and Mary because their wills are so perfectly So perfectly
1: aligned. Dr. Mark Maravalli, you and I could go on (laughs) for hours, but unfortunately we're out of time, but even if we do it long distance, will you come back and be on the show and we can discuss these things
0: further? I'd be honored to. I'd be honored to pay you. Thank you for the invitation.
1: This is Peggy Stanton. Please join us next week on A Place of Peace.